Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, and welcome to the Market Authority Show. Special shout out to this new member of the Market Authority Academy, Christina Magnahi from Walla Walla, Washington. Really excited to welcome you to the Academy, and I am so pumped to celebrate all the successes that follow. Before we dive in, I want you to know that soon I will be releasing a couple of live virtual training sessions free for real estate agents anywhere. Check out how to register to this masterclass where you can join me live to learn how to triple your real estate business this year. I'll be sharing the three systems that you need to triple your real estate business with social media, specifically, you guessed it, Instagram. Check out the show notes to register for this free class. And if you're catching the show after we go live, no worry, you can catch the replay too. See you there. Now, when I think about fashion as it pertains to being a real estate professional, I'm reminded of two distinct memories that stick out for me. And I'm feeling comfortable sharing these with you, even though they're a little cringeworthy, because I think that you may have been in the same boat as me at one point. The first one being walking into a listing appointment early on in Bryce and my career in real estate. We were walking in to interview with this older couple who had owned their home for 15 years and were considering selling and buying a new one. We were really excited. And as we were walking in to this listing appointment, the husband, this older gentleman, takes a look at me and says, laughing to his wife, what is she, 18 years old? I was in my early 20s. I was not 18 years old, but... I probably did not look as polished and professional as I might be today going on a similar (laughs) listing appointment. I was in just a nice sundress and heels, but I'm sure that there were some things that I was missing in my fashion game. The other memory that I'm reminded of is a couple years later, walking down the side of a semi-busy road with cars whipping past me, walking down the sidewalk, pencil skirt, nice blouse, three-inch heels, you know the look, and I had two heavy steel A-frame metal open house signs in each arm, hooked in each arm as I was trying to make my way over a gravel path back to the truck where we were parked. And not a good look, right? And I feel comfortable sharing this with you because I would like to think that I've learned a few things since then. And I know I'm not the only one that struggles when it comes to fashion in the real estate industry. There's no guidebook here. And in all of the large groups I'm a part of in Facebook, one of the questions that I see asked most often is, what do I wear? What do you guys wear? Here's the thing. In real estate, we want to look polished and professional, but we have an active job and we meet a large, vast array of people every week. And so I've struggled with this. I know a lot of other people struggle with this. So I'm really excited to bring to you a new friend, Risa. Risa is a wardrobe stylist and entrepreneur in Phoenix, Arizona. She's also the co-founder of the Rescue Kit Company, a product line comprised of fashion emergency kits for brides and everyone who gets dressed. She has a long, windy, twisty background in the world of fashion, and she shares her super valuable tips with us today. When I was deciding how I wanted the Market Authority show to look, one thing I really wanted to do and be intentional about was to look outside of the industry and bring in ideas and professionals from other industries that can help us all level up as a whole. And Risa delivers that in a big way in this episode. In this discussion, we cover how to nail your personal style, looking professional while being ready for anything our day throws at us, upping our virtual look, to show up on camera with confidence, whether we're doing virtual appointments or diving into our social media strategy. And Risa shares her top tips to look and feel more polished in 2021. Let's dive in. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our nine-to-fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. 
but it wasn't always easy and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from timeless principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Market Authority Show. I am so excited to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Probably not more excited than I am. (laughs) So we are talking about fashion and we were just chatting off air a few minutes ago and I was saying like, listen, this is something that I know so many gals and guys in my industry struggle with, but definitely us gals where we want to feel polished in real estate. We want to look our best and we really want to convey our worth but we also want to be comfortable. We want to share our personality. We want to be authentic. So I'm super excited to hear about your story and maybe some of the tips that you can share with us um, to achieve that. So for those who are not already familiar with you, would you mind sharing a little bit about your journey and what it is you do? Yes, absolutely. Well, I completely fell into the fashion industry by accident. I always knew that I wanted to do something when it came to showcasing my personality. And I've always loved having a little bit of flair, uh, but I had no idea that I would fall into fashion and into this career with just like helping people figure out how to show up as their best selves through what they wear. Mm-hmm. So for those who haven't heard my story, I actually started in the hair and makeup world. So when I was about 1920, I had left college. I unfortunately was in a really bad car accident with left me that left me with a facial scar. So it kind of propelled my life into a completely different direction. And I had to learn how to do makeup at such a young age that I wanted to pursue a career helping other women show up for themselves and cover their scars, whatever that meant for them. For me, it was a physical scar, but I realized that I had a gift for helping people and I really wanted to explore how to take care of myself in that way and figure out what my self-worth was and figure out how to show up for myself because nobody was going to do it for me. And I think we can all agree that there's something in our lives that sort of halts us from having that self-confidence, whether it be, you know, oh, I don't like my hair today or, oh, I'm not feeling my body right now or whatever it may be. There's something that like, there's this always this little voice inside of our heads that says, I just don't want to get dressed or I really don't know what to wear or this, I'm just not feeling this. And I think women struggle with that on such a daily basis. So Mm -hmm. for me, um, after I went through this accident and was left with this scar, I unfortunately had some brain injury that uh, it forced me to leave college at that time. And I needed to get some professional help for what I was going through, but it also forced me to figure out, okay, what am I going to do when all of this is solved? And when I've gone through all these surgeries that I had to have, um, what am I going to do that is going to make an impact on this world and make a personal impact on myself? And this is my opportunity. Life has thrown me a major curveball. This is my opportunity to pursue something that can actually help me and help me become the person that I'm meant to be. And you don't really know that. I can say that now. You don't know that when you're in your young 20s, late teens. But I realize now by looking back and connecting the dots, I'm right where I was meant to be. So the career sort of started in hair and makeup. I did end up leaving college and moving to Boston. I'm from a small town in Maine. And I moved to Boston and I enrolled in cosmetology school just by myself. I kind of told my parents, I'm like, this is what I want to do. And I ended up moving out to Boston with a girlfriend that I knew from a summer job and we became roommates and then dear friends. And I pursued this cosmetology license because at that time there were no YouTube tutorials and there were no 
makeup schools nearby. It wasn't really like a big offering. So I knew, and there wasn't really Google or a search engine for me to sort of pursue how, okay, where am I going to go to learn how to, to get into this career? And I didn't know if I wanted to be a hairstylist or makeup artist. I just knew that what I was dealing with at that time in my life required me to cover my scar. And so the next best thing that I knew how to do or what to do was to get a trade and to figure out, okay, if I'm not going to get my four-year degree, like everyone else that's my age right now, I'm going to have to figure this out. So I enrolled in Blaine in, in Boston and I ended up also working at a hair salon on Newbury Street in Boston. And it was my first opportunity to start a career and figure out, you know, is this for me? And, you know, do I want to stay on the customer service side of things? And where do I want to be? What do I want to do? They were so wonderful to me at the salon and they took such great care of me and totally worked with, you know, some of the memory loss and the, and the brain injuries that I was dealing with at the time. And it was a real struggle. I mean, it was definitely not something that I was anticipating doing and I had no idea where I was going and what I was doing in my life, but it did feel really right to sort of put my energy into something that I knew I was passionate about and that I loved. And I always loved dressing up. You know, as a kid, I was in theater. I had huge dreams of being a Broadway actress and mm -hmm. I was always doing stage makeup and getting dressed and costuming. And my mom's an incredible seamstress. So it was definitely in my blood to go down this path. I just didn't really know what that meant. So I got my license and they offered me a spot in a chair at the salon. The salon's called Diego and I just will forever be in debt to them because they took such good care of me and basically had a career waiting for me. But about the same time that I was in the training to become a stylist there, I got a call from a girlfriend who said, you know, we're moving to San Francisco and you're coming. And I was like, where's San Francisco? You know, I had never been really, I'd been some places outside of Maine, but never to the West Coast. And she said, it's in California. You're going to love it. So I just packed up my bags. You know, I thought, what the heck? What am I doing anyway? I, it's time to just get out of here and go. And I had, you know, like I said, just gotten my license. So I felt like, okay, even though my license won't transfer to another state, I felt like I had the confidence to just go and see what would happen. So I ended up driving out West with a girl I barely knew and two other girls who drove in the cars ahead of us and packed a backpack and a pillow, which is all she gave me room for in the car. And we proceeded out to San Francisco and it was like the craziest adventure of my life. Uh, I'll never regret it. I think everyone should pack up and go at some point in their lives if they're given the opportunity. And it was really scary, but at the same time, really exciting because I wasn't going through that four-year program like everybody else was that was my age. And I didn't really get to live those college years. I never took a spring break. I was spending those years working, working towards something quickly, uh, working a couple of jobs and being in school. And also, you know, I was going through something in my brain that a lot of people weren't going through. So I feel like I had to grow up really fast. And I felt like I had to work harder than a lot of other people just because of everything that I had been through. But I think it became the core of my business today. And I realized that with all the relationships that I built along the way, it served me into starting my own thing and becoming customer service based, which, you know, in the real estate world, it's all about relationships and mm -hmm. it's not just in your world or mine. It's in the world, like the world over. So if you can't have that relationship building skill, or if you don't hone in on that, it, it can be really hard to make it in life. I think life is built on relationships and partnerships and collaboration. So, so we got out to San Francisco and I got a job working at a day spa, which and again, wasn't at all what I envisioned doing, but it was the first place that I sort of came across that was opening on a very busy street called Fillmore Street in San Francisco, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with San Francisco in the sure. Bay Area. <laughs> Such a beautiful place. And it was a very popular street to work on. So I took this job as a front desk girl at a day spa and the owner really took me under her wing and took a chance on me and allowed me to actually do hair and makeup on the side. So when I was in Boston, before I moved, a girlfriend of mine, before I even graduated, asked me to do her hair and makeup for herself and her maid of honor for her wedding. And I was 
so young and so green and I had never done anything like that before, but I always loved just playing around with my friend's hair and makeup and, you know, just having fun. Like when we would go out on Saturday nights and she just said to me, you know, I totally trust you. You got this. And I actually did a really great job and I loved it. And I realized cutting and coloring wasn't for me, but the finished look really excited me. And it was something that I was really good at. So I decided when I got to San Francisco that I would try to do that on the side. And I always had one or one to two to three jobs that I was working just because again, like I said, I always felt like I was a little bit behind everyone. So I did whatever I could to just make money and meet people and get my hands into everything. Mm -hmm. So I was at the spa and was able to take clients on the side. I was meeting women who were coming in for facials and I would learn who was engaged and you know, who worked in the um, industries that might bring me clients. And I did, I ended up doing about 12 or so brides on my own and their bridal parties. It was completely nuts. And I just remember that first check I got for like a thousand dollars doing a wedding by myself. I thought I was so loaded. I thought I was like (laughs) so rich and it was the greatest feeling of my life to have accomplished something like that completely on my own with barely any experience, really. I mean, they don't teach you wedding updos in cosmetology school. It's very Mm -hmm. basic. So it was something that I completely taught myself and I felt incredibly proud of. And it was the first taste of entrepreneurism that I really had. I had one of my roommates was in marketing and she helped me find a gal to make me some business cards. And I just remember, and I still have all of the cards of every job I've ever worked. And I look at all of them and I think, I cannot believe how far I've come (laughs) and completely green and self-taught with no professional experience or training from anyone uh, throughout all of the jobs that I had. So it was the first taste of working for myself and really feeling that satisfaction of earning your own money and the check coming straight to you. So I did that for a little while and I ended up meeting a fashion designer at the salon or at the day spa. And she was coming in with these different handbags every day and looking head to toe designer and just fabulous. So I ended up befriending her come to find out she was a handbag designer and was just about to break into the shoe business as well. And I just remember saying to her, who are you? I need to be friends with you. What are you always wearing? Why do you have a different bag every day? It was just this like glamorous lifestyle that I hadn't really been exposed to before, but I knew I loved it. I had always loved fashion. Uh, I'd always loved getting dressed. I loved, you know, matching my hair to the, to the makeup, to the whole look and really considering that head to toe look. So she reinvigorated that for me. And we ended up becoming friends and I learned what she did and I started working for handbags. She started putting me to work doing styling for her photo shoots, doing her hair and makeup for headshots and various public appearances. And she sort of took me under her wing as somebody that was like an intern slash ambassador for the brand slash makeup artist, hairstylist, kind of everything uh, for what she was doing. And there was a change in ownership in her business after about a year and a half or so of me knowing her. And she ended up buying out her business partner and a big investor came in. And there was a time that I was doing her hair and makeup and I had sort of expressed to her my love of the overall finished look and just styling in general. And we had been kind of talking about what my next steps were going to be because I knew that the day spa was not my end, end game. And I had explained to her after doing a little bit of buying for a boutique down the street that I shopped in frequently and all this freelance work, I explained to her that I think my next big move was to Los Angeles to try to break into the celebrity styling or styling world. And she stopped me and she said, absolutely not. We have a job for you. You have to come work for me. Lindsay and I have already talked about it. That was her business partner at the time. And, um, you know, then she ended up taking over ownership, but I just remember feeling like I had hit the professional jackpot. And this was the most exciting thing that had ever happened in my life. And I was about to just embark on this fashion career that I have, I would have no idea just how unbelievable it would be. And I took this job, I quit the day spa so fast. And, uh, I took this job with her and it ended up just being the most incredible opportunity. She took me all over the world, Paris, Barcelona, Berlin, 
Florence, Italy. I spent a month in Florence. I learned all about factories and how handbags are made and what a shoe last is and going to the trade shows and doing special events. And I had traveled all over the world with this company. And it was, if you could just, if somebody was going to tell you that this was going to happen in your life, you just would not believe it. It was very, I was very, very much thrust into a fashion career that I had no idea I would ever have the opportunity to be in, especially in San Francisco, because there, there are definitely some fashion companies there like Levi's and Gap, but you had, there were not a lot of opportunities to do a job like this. There were not a lot of fashion brands based there that were giving opportunities such as this. So it was really incredible. And I learned everything there was to know about handbag production, shoes, manufacturing. I was a liaison for the PR firms that we worked with in New York City, the showrooms that we worked with for sales. I did sample sales in places like Oprah's Green Room and massive resorts like Bacara Resort in Florida and uh, California. And I just was, I had my hands in every single thing that was happening in this very small business. And keep in mind, this is also the advent of massive e-commerce sites starting. Mm -hmm. So I learned all about sites, you know, how to build sites and product placement and with PR and just kind of everything that you could ever imagine that you could want your hands in if you were going to have the workings of a small business right there at my fingertips. So it was an incredible opportunity, lasted a couple of years. And unfortunately the company folded and I had to rely on my networking and the relationships that I had built, but I always kept that in the back of my head and never burned a bridge and just always kept my relationships open. And I ended up taking a job in New York city it was time for a move anyway. I'd been in the, the Bay Area for about five and a half years. And I knew that if I really wanted to pursue fashion, that I at least had to dip my toes into New York City. Yeah. So I got a job doing in-house PR for a women's clothing line called Prairie New York. And we were based in the Garment Center and we cut everything there in our office. And I watched the entire process from design to lookbook building to being the publicist um, just unfold right in front of me. And it was incredible. And I was completely green though, again, and this job was way out of my league. And I had no idea how to pitch these large magazines and publications like Vogue and Women's Wear Daily. So... All of my time in PR in New York City was incredibly green and completely self-taught and very, very high stress level, but uh, it definitely gave me the tools in my toolbox to sort of add to that 360 degree experience that I was building mm -hmm. that would eventually help me in the business that I'm doing now. So I knew that I didn't want to live in New York permanently after being there for about a year and a half. Uh, but I, I was really glad that I took the time and took that risk and moved back across the country to experience it and get thrown to the wolves so I could later be set up for success in starting my own venture. So after being there for about a year and a half, uh, the economy started to tank and I really had this itch to finish that four-year degree that I never got the opportunity to finish the first time around. I felt like, you know, I had done the real world experience. I had moved all over the country. And since the economy was going down, I felt like, okay, this is a great time to go get that piece of paper and check that off my list. So I decided to leave New York City and came to Phoenix, which is where I have been now for almost 11 years. Um, I'm a big golfer. Yeah, it was a big, it was definitely a sight unseen move, which I had done a couple of times. You know, I was no stranger to just picking up and going, but I have a sister who I'm, I'm, I have two sisters. I'm in the middle of three girls. And one of my sisters lives in, or at the time lived in Boulder and the other one in Phoenix. Now they're both together in Boulder. So they've completely ditched me, but um <laughs> But at the time, my younger sister lived in Phoenix and I'm an avid golfer and I knew I wanted to be in the sunshine and experience a completely different climate than I had ever experienced. And the desert was absolutely different from anywhere that I had been. Yeah. So I decided to come to Phoenix and pursue a degree at Arizona State. So I got a job 
while I was starting school as a hostess at a restaurant, because I felt like that was a great pipeline to meeting people in the community, not having a high stress job, saving money on the side to start my business and something that I could handle while I was in school. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, I was really uh, wanting to work incredibly hard at my degree and come out on top, you know, because I struggled with my grades in college the first time around because of all the injuries that I had and just the mental capacity I had for work. I really felt like I wanted to excel and graduate with high honors and work my tail off, especially because I was paying for it myself. And it was something that I really felt like I deserved to do for myself. So I wanted a job that wasn't going to completely stress me out, but would still earn me some money while I was in school. So I worked at a local restaurant and started to build my business in my brain and graduated with high honors from Arizona State with a degree in communication and a minor in media analysis from the Cronkite School. And then as a graduation gift, I took myself back to Florence, Italy and lived there for three months and completely immersed myself in the culture and decided like, this is going to be my time to not be working, but to enjoy this European city that I fell so head over heels in love with when I was with the fashion company. Uh, When I was with that company before, I don't think I mentioned this, I lived there for a whole month. So it was a ton of work and I was dealing with a ton of different time zones at the time. So I eat, slept and breathed work and I really didn't take in the culture the way that I really wanted to. So that was my graduation gift to myself to go back there and live in an apartment by myself for three months. And I did the whole... Italian experience. I drank a bunch of wine. I ate a bunch of cheese. I did every single tour that was available. I traveled all over. I hopped a plane to London and visited a friend and really did the European experience, you know, right when I was turning, I think I had just turned 31. So it was a really great graduation gift. And it was a great way for me to sort of collect myself before launching what is now Restyle Consulting. So here we are today. And after I came back from Florence, I went full force into my career. And I did experience a little bit of, uh, I would say, I guess, apprenticeship with some people. I kind of uh, joined forces with somebody who was working on starting a blog. And I learned about launching a blog and WordPress at the time and did a little bit of writing for her and creative content. And then I also dabbled in wedding planning and event planning here, which I had done a little bit of when I was with the fashion company, but I knew that I had a love of weddings. I had mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I, I told you I did hair and makeup for weddings and I've, I'm basically Katherine Heigl from 27 Dresses. I've been in a million <laughs> of them. I started singing in weddings when I was 10 and I just felt like it was something that I knew that I wanted to be doing. I had always had this dream of having like a one-stop shop wedding planning company or something along those lines where I would fully immerse myself in the wedding world. So I definitely wanted to experience that with planners uh, in the Valley so I could understand how the planning side worked in the event that I ever did launch something in the wedding industry. And I did end up realizing that it's a ton of work to plan them, but I loved being with the bride while she was getting ready. And it sort of helped me break into this niche styling offering that I have in Restyle Consulting, which is my bride's best friend package, where I work with the bride from start to finish on creating her look, creating her look for the, for the bridal party, and then sort of envisioning like the styling coming together and solving any problems and making sure that the veil is placed perfectly or that if she needs to break in her shoes, I can help her do that. So she doesn't ruin anything for detail shots for the photographer. So it was sort of this area of styling that I felt like was untapped, but that I also had an incredible amount of expertise in because I had been on set for so many weddings or on, on location for the day of weddings. So the business now uh, consists of, you know, everything that you could think of in terms of styling, but it was really, it's really come from all of my different experiences out in the working world and is a culmination of everything that I would say I have mastered at this point in time. That is 
an incredible story. And you know what I love about that story is you just kept going forward, even if you didn't always have like the clear cut plan or that perfect next step. Like you just kind of followed your passions, you followed the opportunities and you did it with a lot of just creativity and an open mind. And now that has armed you with like this catalog of experience, probably the craziest resume ever, I'm sure. And all of these really niche skills that you can compile together to create a really unique service for, for customers. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't realize that you didn't, you don't have to go to school to be an expert in something really. It's just about immersing yourself. Like you just said, and believing in yourself and honing in on certain skills. Now, I definitely think that you need some certain skills. Like dressing people is an art and it's definitely a skill that I have. It's not easy even to dress ourselves, but to look at somebody's body type and say, okay, these are the types of fabrics that I recommend for you. These are the type of silhouettes that would work for you. That's not an easy thing. And that's taken a lot of trial and error, but you're right. I think the more you can immerse yourself in things that you feel passionate about or that then help you tick or make you tick. I think that you can become an expert in something and there really isn't a right or a wrong way to enter into that world. You just have to go for it. And the experience that I had in these major cities and working with the best in the business definitely armed me a lot faster and at a level that you wouldn't normally experience, I don't think. And you can't even get that from school. I couldn't have gotten that from just being in a styling school. I would have gotten the fundamentals, but I don't think I would have gotten the street smarts or the real life skills or the, the communication skills or some of these things that I'm now armed with that I would have never expected. And that's being thrown to the wolves. And anybody will tell you that when they enter into a job that they never knew that they could do or were good at, there's like no better way to become an expert than to just be thrown to the wolves. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I work with a lot of real estate agents from around the country. And it's funny because a lot of their journeys, um, while maybe some less glamorous, I mean, I certainly didn't spend months in Italy doing the eat, pray, love <laughs> thing, but a lot of us <laughs> do find our way into the real estate industry by a similar, by a similar way of just kind of falling into it. Um, but what I love what you've done is you've really been able to identify these different skills, these different passions that you have to create that curated client experience. And that's something that I think a lot about, um, when it comes to real estate, because, as I like to say, we are not just door openers. We're not just here to get somebody into a house. We're here to create a beautiful experience um, that is going to guide somebody from maybe confused about the homeownership process to eventually heroically getting their first home and on the path to building massive wealth. Similarly mm -hmm. for you, like you don't just dress people. Um, you don't just pick out pretty clothes for people. And what I'm hearing from you is it is much more involved, much more complicated. Um, and you know, this might just be, this might just be me. Um, I was a tomboy growing up and I'm, I'm a very much like less is more. I just need something easy. Just slap it on and get out the door. Um, so the idea of styling to me always felt, um, not necessarily superficial, but something, something extra, something, something extra. Does that make sense? Like not something absolutely necessary to the core. However, as I've become an adult and as I've become into these different professional roles, I've understood how important it is to feel like I can stand in a room and have a presence that people are going to notice in a good way. Um, so that being said, how do you kind of get your clients to that place? And what is your day-to-day look like now as you're working with, with your clients? That's a great question. And I think what you just explained about the real estate process is very similar in the getting dressed process and how people show up for themselves. Mm -hmm. I think the more you put into yourself and the more you put into the process and the more you lean into the process, the better result you're going to get. And it sounds like it's very similar in the real estate world as well. And I think that there's always something that you can learn, not only about yourself as the seller or the realtor uh, or the broker, but as, the, as a human being. And, and the more that you 
can teach yourself, the more you're going to be able to deliver to your clients. And the more that I relate as a stylist, I would call myself a, a wardrobe motivator or a, or a styling coach more than I even would a stylist, because like you said, that word styling is very scary. It can feel very unattainable. It can feel very high end. It can feel very celebrity. And to be honest, the getting dressed process is just an everyday process. And the more that I can make my com- my clients feel comfortable in this process and the more relatable I can be to them, then the better result we're going to have. I have to really get to the core of my client before I can start dressing them, I need to learn about them. So the first thing I need to do is to sit down and have a consultation with them and say, what's really going on here? What are your biggest struggles when you go into your closet? Is it how your closet is organized? Is it that you're holding on to pieces that maybe fit you 10 years ago and you're staring at them hoping for the best? Uh, Is it that you have too many choices? Do you walk into your wardrobe and feel like you're overwhelmed with choice because you use shopping as therapy? (laughs) Whatever it may be, there's always something getting in the way of somebody feeling like they can show up for themselves and dress for a successful day or meeting or event in their life. So getting to the core of what's really going on and sitting down and getting real with people is one of my number one priorities before we even start the shopping process. The other thing is that editing process and going in and talking about what needs to stay, what needs to go, and what can we add to enhance and how can we curate a closet for you that doesn't feel like too much for you to handle. And I think the last bit is allowing them to realize just how easy it can be by giving them some simple tools. And I use a database program that's incredibly helpful for my clients. And I think they don't realize just how much time and energy I do put into making sure that they understand how to dress themselves. So I use this great program where I can do flat lay pictures or I can grid things out for them and drag and drop things so they can see the completed outfit, label it in the system so it can be day-to-day looks, casual, event looks, even things like going to the grocery store. So just throw and go looks, I like to call them. So making it really easy for them and something that they can swallow is hugely important. And taking the glamour out of what I do, showing up in a t-shirt and leggings and saying, what did you expect? <laughs> did you really? I'm not going to roll in in a high heel to get down and dirty in their closet. And so, getting on their level and relating to them and telling them it's not perfection, it's progress. And how are we going to make this something that works for you and your lifestyle? And, you know, my day to day is all over the place. I own not one business, but two businesses. And so, I have. I have another startup happening at the same time that I'm running my styling business and my days are absolutely jam packed. But when I'm working with my clients or working for my clients, I can be doing anything from scouting online for pieces to add to to women's wardrobes, sometimes men, but mainly I work with women. And that process can be, I could be shopping for five or six people, maybe even 10 at at a time. And I have an ongoing list that I check back with to see who needs what. I'm constantly keeping an eye on sales and when things are popping up that clients may need Mm -hmm. and scouting those pieces and adding them to their virtual closet if they have an account with me. And I'm also managing all the messages for my clients uh, on a daily basis that come in. What should I wear? I have this tonight. I have this event going on or I have a Zoom meeting and I don't know what to wear or I need running to the grocery store looks, whatever it may be, I'm constantly managing that communication with my clients as well. On the other side, I'm also dealing with a lot of boutiques and stores that know that I'm right there on speed dial and that I want to be the first to know when things hit the stores. And with everything going on in the world, stock is very limited and it's Mm -hmm. actually really hard to get your hands on things right now. So I'm grateful that I'm at the top of their speed dial list for when things come into stock or 
if they have limited availability or if there's going to be a sale coming up, I sort of get the 411 on that just based on my relationship that I've built with a lot of these people. Uh, I'm also typically, in addition to getting that communication from stores, I am still hitting the stores. Although a lot of what I'm doing now has moved to virtual, I am hitting the stores. So I could be in North Scottsdale, up at Scottsdale Porter. I could also be at, even at the outlets out in Glendale, wherever I need to go to find the right piece for my clients. I am typically in my car running around and doing that for them. Uh, additionally, there's a lot of work that I'm doing on my new website and I want that to really be a hub for people to feel inspired and to shop some of my most current finds. So I have you know, partnerships with brands and I do a lot of collaborating. And so it's not just dressing people, rather it's maintaining this, um, I guess, authority on what people should be looking out for and adding to their wardrobes without breaking the bank and, and keeping in mind, you know, what, what I wear is typically what my clients want to wear. I get that all the time. Where'd you get that? I need that. And they know that I'm always kind of watching that bottom dollar. So you know, people come to me as somebody that they get inspiration from and look to for the answers for all things wardrobe. So it's, I'm all over the place and constantly thinking about what my clients need and out there generating new ideas on how I can deliver that to them. I love that. It is clear that you spend a lot of time thinking about not just the results, but like the journey that's going to procure that result for your clients. So um, with that being said, when you're working with a client, say somebody begins a relationship with you and they reach out to you and they just, they know it's important to look right, but they just haven't quite understood what the end goal is. What exactly are you trying to achieve for somebody after you work with them besides just showing up and looking stylish? Mm-hmm. Right. Like what are we trying to achieve in here and in here? And I'm pointing at my chest and my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is very much an emotional process. Mm-hmm. I actually do this service called a transformational styling service where I get to the core of what is going on with people and what they, like I mentioned earlier, what's the root of the problem. And I work with them to, it's almost like extreme makeover meets the home edit meets what not to wear. There's this whole you know, blockage and idea that we can't show up for ourselves in the way that we want to. So a lot of what I do has become this coaching process and chatting with people about how they can hone in on the person that they want to be. How do they want to show up for themselves? And there's a lot of fear around, well, I really want to wear this, but is that in style? Or I really want to wear this, but maybe it's not appropriate. Or I really want to wear this, but my body type doesn't allow for that. And they need an expert to come in and tell them, okay, we can do better than this. Or you're way prettier than this shirt. Those are phrases that I like to use because I feel like they soften the blow a little bit. And they help people realize that it's okay to take chances and risks and be exactly who you are, but let me help you sort of hone in on that and make sure that we don't push the boundary too much to where it doesn't work for your audience or if you are showing up for a meeting or, you know, if it's not flattering, I want people to know, I want to be their best friend in that closet. I'm not there to lie to them. I don't make a commission off of the clothes that I pick for them. My business doesn't operate that way. I genuinely shop for these pieces for people because they actually look good. So getting to the root of the problem is first and foremost. Finding out who they want to be is secondary. Who do you want to show up as? Do you want to be a little bit edgy or a little bit sexy? Let's find a way to do that so you can still show up to that open house and not scare people (laughs) or, you know, not trip and fall on your way up the stairs because we really wanted to wear a heel, but we went with a six inch and we shouldn't have, you know, whatever it is that they want to be. I want to make sure that I hone in on that. And I find that that person inside of them and pull it out of them. But we also need to consider what works for our lifestyle and who our audience is. So it's important to find out who they want to be and who they want to show up as and help them, give them the tools they need so they can be that person. I think at the end of the day, that's all we want, right? Is to show up as the best version of ourselves, but we don't always have the tools. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, So let's talk tools then. Mm -hmm. I want to see what some of your like 
best tips might be that you can share. And I'm going to throw a couple of scenarios at you and see like what we can come up with. Are you good with that? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. So one of the weirdest parts of our profession are like the intersections of professional and being active, right? So what do you say to somebody who wants to be polished, wants to be stylish, but like you said, we're doing an open house, right? We're picking up these heavy signs. We have to walk in a gravel yard to the lockbox. There's that physical element. How do you merge those two things seamlessly and still look professional and polished? That's a great question. And I think about this often when I'm watching like Selling Sunset or one of those real estate <laughs> shows. I'm like, did she really wear those four inch stilettos? I love it. <laughs> I really do think about that stuff. Yeah. So I think right now we're living in this beautiful time where athleisure has become like next level and it's actually become really appropriate. Now in the real estate world, we really can't show up in Lululemon leggings and a blazer and make it work. I don't think it's appropriate. However, there are great alternatives to a Lululemon pant that are very in style now. So one of the things I might suggest is pairing a longer blazer that actually covers you and isn't cropped and isn't showing your booty. Um, Rather, it's a longer tailored blazer that you could do with a beautiful silk camisole or something underneath. And then a really fitted high-waisted pant that has the appearance of a Lululemon stretch legging, but is actually a tailored Maybe it's a Spanx type legging or something like that. So you're still covered, which I think is part of showing up professionally and not showcasing your assets too much, if I can say that. Uh, but actually having that that appearance of the menswear look or a tailored suit look, but still showing up in something really comfortable that you can actually bend over and stretch in, but you're still covered and you still feel comfortable. And then I think making sure that you always have a change of shoes. When you are setting up a showing, nobody sees you behind the scenes. So I think if somebody were to show up early, but you were in like a stylish sneaker, something like a golden goose, or even if it was like a glitzy high top or something, if they were to show up early before you change shoes, you wouldn't feel like you weren't professionally dressed. And we see a lot of that advent of like really cool sneakers and, you know, sporty chic is actually a look now. So if you're thinking about that head to toe look and how it can actually have the appearance of being a complete look, I think if you're caught off guard, you're still safe. Now, what I would suggest is setting up in the sneaker and having it be cool and stylish and matching your look, not don't just throw on like a Nike trainer, but actually think about having more of like a stylish sporty shoe And then changing into a comfortable heel or booty that would balance your outfit. And if it were a fitted legging and you were doing more of a menswear style blazer on top that was a little bit longer, I might consider showing a little bit of skin by rolling the sleeve so it doesn't feel like you're so covered up and choosing great accessory pieces or a great earring and then choosing something that balances you on the bottom. If we're a little bit more fabric on top and a really skinny pant, I might suggest doing an ankle booty or something that has a little bit more uh, girth on the bottom. I love that. You know what I love the most about that is just being intentional with those little pieces here and there. Like I love having the permission to be intentional with a really cool sneaker in the name of comfort, but Hey, you're also going to look good at the same time. Those Mm -hmm. are such good tips. Okay. (laughs) I have another one for you. Okay. So how about for real estate agents who in this day and age, things are moving virtual. Mm -hmm. I've understood the necessity for having a social presence for a long time. And that's actually what I mentor most of my agents on. Um, But for those who haven't quite figured that out yet, and they're not comfortable on this side of the camera, what are some things that we can do if we're either trying to take a cute post for Instagram or pop it onto the stories, selfie mode, or even doing like a Zoom consultation? What are the key things that we need to keep in mind to just look a little more with it on that side of the camera? Does that make sense? Yes, that makes perfect sense. And we're all on that side of the camera now. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I I wasn't really showing up on stories a lot on social media or even showing my face before quarantine. Yeah. And now we have to give the people what they want. So I think 
when you show up for yourself, it's important maybe to establish what's your signature look? Because I think people will start to come to recognize you on the feed, or you might even start popping up in the algorithm. And if people know that they can expect a red lip from Stephanie or Stephanie's always in a cute graphic tee and a blazer. And, you know, if we start to recognize you, I think that could be one really great tip for real estate agents to stand out because let's face it, the real estate market is really saturated. And if you can stand out, you can have a leg up and people will start looking out for you and then they'll start looking forward to seeing you. So pick a signature look that you show up with and go forward with that every time you show, show up on social media. That's one tip, I think, to make you stand out. Another one would be just to make sure that you are actually getting dressed and putting on five minute makeup if you have to and being thoughtful about the accessories that you're putting on and actually completing your look. I think the last thing you want to do is just hop on there and look disheveled and show this beautiful home. And if you haven't shown up for yourself, I feel like your clients are going to pick up that you might not fully show up for them. So I think if you're going to show up on social media, I would take the extra five minutes and figure out what that five minute routine is. There's five minute makeup tutorials out there go invest in your colors that look great on camera and test it with your ring light. And I highly recommend getting a phone ring light if you are doing these showings and if you do walk into dark spaces uh, and figure out what that look is for you, practice it, and then show up consistently with that five to 10 minute makeup and hair polished look. I think if people see that you're putting in the effort for yourself, they'll see that you're going to put it in for them. And that will definitely set you apart when it comes to choosing a realtor and success in selling these homes. Um, and then choosing colors and silhouettes that flatter on the camera is really important. I think if you don't choose fabrics that fit your body or clothing that fits your body, you can get completely lost on camera and you want to make sure that it fits so it flatters. And I think learning that tons of fabric isn't always the best way to show up because when you're moving on camera and they do say the camera adds 10 pounds and I don't love that saying, but it, we tend to look a little bit different on camera than we do in real life. So consider choosing tailored outfits that you would actually wear when you were in a meeting with somebody and choosing things that fit your body and not trying to hide in fabric because we think that that, that hides us. It's actually, it doesn't do you any favors and it actually ends up being, you're, you're, you're worse off. So make sure that you are choosing clothes that pop on camera or flatter you and that you feel comfortable and confident in. And I always found that if I do throw on a heel for something, I do show up a little bit taller and my posture gets a little bit better. So choose the footwear that you feel like you walk like your best self in, like you're walking that red carpet and that allows you to have beautiful posture and, and even allows you to speak more confidently when you are showing up on camera. Oh my gosh. So good. I love <laughs> all of those tips and I'm like, I'm like taking little notes on the side. Okay. So my, <laughs> what I love about your tips are these are completely accessible for anybody and mm -hmm. I'm the most hopeless of all of us. So I feel like I already have a ton of ways that I can implement these in my own routine, in my own wardrobe to kind of feel a little more confident in the way I'm showing up. So you're, you're crushing it. Last, Thank you. <laughs> last question then. Um, if there's one tip that we can take into 2021 to show up a little taller, to be a little more confident, to feel a little more polished, what is that tip? One tip to be more polished in 2021. I think from a clothing perspective and from a styling perspective, I think it's really important to have that edited closet, that closet that really says, these are my pieces. The advent of 2021 has brought us realizing this whole advent of like realizing what's important in life and what we want to have around us, who we want to have around us, because let's face it, that's limited too. I think the same can be said for your closet and what you have in your space. So my tip to everyone out there is to edit your wardrobe 
for exactly who you are, who you want to be, and how you want to show up. Because right now, opportunity is kind of, you know, it can be kind of limited in some ways, but it's also incredibly accessible to us. We can be whoever we want to be. And this was our opportunity to be out with the old and in with the new and reinvent ourselves and figure out exactly who we are. So although it feels like some opportunity is being stripped from us with everything going on in today's world, this is actually the best time to show up for yourself. This is the time for you to determine exactly who you want to be. You can shed the old, shed your old self and say, that self was not fun and that self was not attractive or whatever it may be. I didn't like any of those clothes that I had. I'm going to get rid of all that stuff and I'm going to add new pieces that excite me and show people that I cannot be taken over by what 2020 has brought us. In fact, I'm going to kick 2020 in the butt and say, this is who I want to be and how I want to show up. So edit your closet for how you would want to edit your life. Oh, girl, goosebumps. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. This was so much fun. And I feel like we could talk for hours. Um, you have so much to offer. So for those who want to take it a step further with you, where can they find you and learn more about you? Yes, you can find me on my Instagram. It's probably where I'm the most active and it's at restyle. It's R I style underscore consulting. Uh, I have a new Instagram as well, and it's just my full name at Risa Costas, R-I-S-A-K-O-S-T-I-S. And on my new website, RisaCostas.com, I actually just launched in September on my birthday, and it was a great way to start the last year of my 30s, coming out with a bang, reinventing myself like I just expressed to everybody, <laughs> and showing people that I'm willing to show up for them and help them figure out who they want to be in their wardrobe. So visit me on my site and you can always drop me a line, Risa at RisaCostas.com if you have any burning questions. Um, yeah, those are the best places. Awesome. And guys, definitely, if you do not already follow Risa, be sure to do so. Um, I'll have all the links in the show notes and your website is so beautiful. And if it is at all representative of the value that you have to offer your clients, I am sure that it's just even mind blowing on the other side of things with you. So, um, I'm super excited. I'm so happy that we got to have this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. And I do want to say one more thing. I forgot to mention my product line, uh, the rescue kit company, but I definitely want to make sure that I shout out the rescue kit company. It's been instrumental in being able to pr provide my clients with the right tools in order to be able to get dressed. So I created this product line. It's fashion emergency kits for brides and everyone getting dressed just every day in their closet. My sister Jess is my business partner and please visit at the rescue kit co on Instagram as well, just so you can learn about having the tools in your toolbox to actually be able to wear the clothes that you do own. So I would be remiss if I didn't say mention the rescue kit company. So thank that, you. That actually sounds like the perfect product for a busy real estate agent on the go. So, Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. And actually my sister's husband is in luxury real estate out in Boulder and mm -hmm. his team just fell in love with the product. And, you know, people have talked about gifting it as closing gifts and such, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's, it is a great, even for you all on the go, just to have in the car, like if you get a stain on your shirt or need to fix mm -hmm. a button really fast, it's a great tool for you to have. So definitely check us out on the Rescue Kit Co. so you can learn about how to solve your problems on the go. I love that. I'll be sure to put those links there too, guys. For sure, check that out. Well, I, I want to thank you again because you've given us so much value today. Um, so we'll have to do it again, maybe a 2022 forecast for things yes. that are coming up next year. Um, I don't know. We'll see, but we'll have to stay in touch. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope your audience enjoys it. And I just appreciate you having me on the show. Of course. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. 
And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.